Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Sunday, December the 26th, and I am here to discuss a seven-game NBA main slate that locks at 6 p.m. Eastern tonight. Uh, I am Joe Sarvati, by the way, affectionately known as Coach. I hope all of you had a fantastic Christmas and Santa was good to all of you. We had a terrific uh stretch here the last three or four days uh, in the NBA. We've just been top 1%, top 3% every night. So we're enjoying that. I know our members are pretty fired up uh, that Santa was good to us here uh, at Coach Talk. Now we got to get this streak going for this week between Christmas and New Year's. Uh, we want to finish, uh, finish off this 2021 year uh, on fire the way we've been the last three or four days. So what we're going to discuss today is, again, the seven-game NBA slate. There's one afternoon game uh, that we're not going to go over. It's right in the middle of the NFL schedule, and uh, we'll just get this ready for the main slate this evening. Uh, the main slate also is seven games on DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo, so that, <clears throat> that should prepare you for those uh, also. If you haven't had a chance to listen to our NFL guys and their podcast, check that out before that gets going today. Uh, they did a fantastic job, and uh, it's, a, it's a really good listen. All right, we're not going to mess around today. Uh, we're going right at it. We've got a busy NBA schedule tonight. We have four teams on the first night of a back-to-back. So uh, that's going to be something we want to keep in mind. Uh, the first game, this first 6 o'clock game, it's Philadelphia at Washington. Philadelphia is minus 3.5. It's a 210 total, 106.75 implied for Philly, and 103.25 implied for the Washington Wizards. As far as the game set coming in here, Philadelphia is 16-16. and 16. Washington is 17 and 15. So two teams right in the hunt. We've got uh, designations here. Tyrese Maxey is questionable. Obviously an important piece there. Uh, George Niang also uh, questionable. Guys we know that are already out. Drummond, Green, Milton, and Simmons. So definitely want to keep uh, the, the news uh, tuned in to make sure we know what's going on with Maxi. This being the first game, uh, one of the first games on the slate, uh, we will have that news. For Washington, uh, Rui Hashimura is questionable again, so we'll see if he's going to lace him up. I would assume he'll be on a minutes restriction, so we're going to watch that closely. Uh, the big thing is no Bradley Beal today for Washington. Uh, Bryant and Caldwell Pope, which is a big piece for them also, uh, at least defensively, he's out. So definitely some adjustments there. Uh, statistically speaking, we have Philadelphia and Washington playing extremely slow, 29th and 25th, uh, hence the, the 210 total. So not exactly very conducive there to a big DFS game. However, both defenses are playing below average, Philadelphia 18th and Washington 22nd. So as we look at this game, uh, island game for both teams, you know, we need the news on uh, Maxi for sure, but assuming he's out, we may get some type of a look like Curry, Corkmaz, Thibel, Harrison, and Bede. 
in that situation, you know, the big question is, do you pay up for Joel? He's 11-9, so it's a big commitment right off the bat. But he did have a rest game, uh, and it's, you know, he's been fantastic in the last month. However, again, you know, slow pace here. Um, it definitely a question mark. It is nice that there's no drumming to back him up. He may get an extra two, three minutes uh, because of that. But uh, still, the jury's out for me on Embiid. I think it's it's a little risky at that 11-9 number. Uh, Tobias Harris is all the way up to 9-1, a little bit too rich for my blood. You know, if Maxi sits, it's probably a better value to go to one of the guards. Corkmaz at 3-6. Thibel, who's not, you know, contributing a ton offensively at 3-8, but with stocks alone, he can get there. Uh, or maybe it's a Seth Curry day. He's 6-8, which really moves him into that mid-pricing tier. So not positive I want to dive on that one either. Um, on the other side of the ball, with no Beal, it obviously opens up a massive amount of usage. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, we saw the night before last, uh, or a couple days ago, he really stepped up and had a nice game. Still capable of doing that. Um, the question is, does he get <clears throat> Matisse Thibel defense? That's the part that I'm going to do some uh, looking for beat writer, coach beat stuff, and see because that alone would be something that would deter me uh, from a 6-5 Dinwiddie. After that, it's really a tough call. With all the guys out, uh, I think the, the guy that jumps out to me is Kyle Kuzma. He's 6-9, but he's going to have a lot of usage in this game. Uh, the, you know, the Beal usage alone, plus, you know, with other guys miss, missing, um, you know, he becomes a potential strong play. Uh, the guy that hit a bunch of shots the last game and should get a decent amount of minutes is Corey Kispert, the rookie. Uh, he's only 3'7", and he's definitely uh, in my uh, view, if I'm going stars and scrubs, of a guy that I think can play decently. Now, he's not going to be a plug-and-play and cash for sure, but I think he's a good GPP option. Um, the Gafford-Harrell split, split still concerns me. Denny Avdia, let's see if he's in the starting lineup. He can get to the number 4-7 as well. Not my favorite game by any stretch. Not going to have a ton of exposure here in game one. All right, let's move to game two, also 6 p.m. We've got the Toronto Raptors at Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland's favored by nine. It's a 205 total. Only implied 98 for Toronto, 107 for Cleveland. So this looks like not a very fun DFS game by any stretch of the imagination. Um, coming into this game, though, you've got two teams uh, playing decent ball. Toronto's 14 and 15. Cleveland really the surprise of the NBA by far, 19 and 13. Amazing. Here's the laundry list of guys out, though. This is the <laughs> this is the problem. Uh, Champagne, Champagne, whatever his name is, nobody can ever pronounce it. He's questionable. But here you go. Banton and Birch and Siakam are all probable. So we may, you know, that changes their rotation. Uh, Johnson, questionable. Uh, and then here are the guys that are out. It's ridiculous. Achua, Anobi, Ananobi, Barnes, Dragic, Flynn, Trent, and Van Fleet. Can you believe that? I mean, it's everybody. So 
Right now, here's the lineup that they're possibly starting. Goodwin, McKayluke, Watanabe, and maybe Banton and Boucher. I mean, it's it's wild. So, you know, the total's really low, but you are going to have usage going somewhere. Somebody's going to step up in that group. The two, the three guys that I'm looking at to have exposure to here, even if Cleveland smacks them around, McKayluke, Watanabe, and Boucher. I think those three guys, with everybody out, they're going to get the majority of the shots. So, you know, we'll talk more about that here shortly. For Cleveland, uh, Okoro is questionable, but we know that Allen, Davis, Mobley, Nembard, Osman, Stevens, and Windler are out. I mean, this is, I've never seen anything like this in all the years of covering the NBA. It is absolutely crazy. Now, we will say, and this is just a quick plug, we have been on fire since this has started, and I've stated from day one, the way we build our lineups here at Coach Talk is unique to anybody else in the industry. We don't just dump things into an optimizer. We're not mass entering. We're taking all of that information, the analytics, all of the, the information that we can get statistically, and then we're hand building one or two lineups based on rotation, usage, you know, coach tendencies, the new players that are being signed, their roles. I mean, there's so much more that goes into it now than ever before. I think what it's doing is confusing and really making people struggle because how do you compare previous uh, lineups? You can't. These team guys have never been on these teams. The optimizers are just, you know, blowing up because how the heck do you figure out usage and everything else. It's just very difficult. So we feel we have a massive edge here and as tough as it is and as difficult as it is to see all these guys out, uh, the edge is phenomenal because we're finding the guys at value that are going to get you the usage and then the buy up to the guys that have to take on more responsibility with other players out. So that combination has given us some fantastic lineups uh, on all three sites. So uh, anyway, wanted to throw that in there real quickly. Um, as far as uh, statistically speaking here, though, Toronto 26th in pace, Cleveland 18th. So that is not a good thing. Defense, defensively, Toronto's in the middle of the pack at 15. Cleveland third best defense in the league. So a lot of negative things about this game. However, the positive things are very positive. I mean, you've got a a 4-6 McKayluk, a 4-7 Watanabe, and a 5-8 Boucher. Those three are all on, on board for me and in consideration in both cash, hybrid, and GPP lineups. Not that I'm going to play all three together. That would be a disaster. But you could play two of them, and uh, they both smash their number, uh, even in a game with a 205 total. That's the other thing. These Vegas lines are, you know, based on the lines, but they're not based on DFS uh, product. And when you separate from this game and look at who they're playing and who's going to have to score, even if they're held to like 94 points, where are those points going to come from? You know, more than likely, Banton, McKayluke, Watanabe, and Boucher are going to be the four key guys. So we'll, we'll take a strong look there. As far as Cleveland goes, you know, again, they're, all their bigs are out. So it's Taco Fall at 3-3. I know he'll get some ownership. 
Uh, way too scary for me in cash games. Maybe a, a you know wild shot in a GPP. But other than that, you know, most of it falls on Garland's back, and he's been fantastic. Uh, but he's 9-7. So that's a big commitment to spend 9-7 uh, in a game that, you know, the, the limited uh, roles and possessions for DFS are going to be in question. Um, you've got uh, Okoro. If he's in, he's questionable at 4-6. Is dirt cheap. Lori Markkinen at 5-6 potential. And Dean Wade at 3-9. Should play a decent role in this as well. Let's see what they're going to do with Kevin Love. He came off the bench the other day and smashed his number, but he is 6-1, so we need to uh, look at that. You'll certainly get him at low ownership if he's coming off the bench. So really weird game, uh, but I'm going to have exposure. I think that there's the way this game sets up, uh, you know, there's some interesting scenarios. Uh, we go right to the opposite scenario in the next game. It's Memphis and Sacramento also. At six o'clock, here you've got Memphis four and a half point favorite, but this total is 224. So we're almost 20 points higher. And in DFS terms, that is like playing an extra half a quarter. It's uh, extremely uh, important. So we're going to look at this one closely. Memphis is on the first night of a back to back. And we know Jaws just come back recently. So we have to make sure and see you know, what Coach Jenkins is going to do here as far as minutes. It could affect the starters a bit, especially you know, if the game gets uh, you know, double-digit lead either direction. Um, going into this game, we've got <clears throat> Memphis at 19 and 14, Sacramento at 13 and 20. Uh, likely to play for Memphis is Sam Merrill. Questionable, Brandon Clark. The guys they've had out are still out, Aldama, Culver, and Zaire Williams. As far as Sacramento, immense news here. De'Aaron Fox, questionable. Is he going to be back or not? That's certainly, you know, if he's out, Halliburton's been a plug and play and produced every time. I would expect the same if Fox sits. If he does play, we have to reevaluate and take a look there. Uh, likely to play and getting back into action is Terrence Davis and Alex Lynn. They're both rotational players, so not as much that I'm interested in them, but it affects guys uh, like Holmes, Metu, and Barnes. Um, out is Mitchell and Queda. So let's take a look here. Statistically, we have ninth in pace Memphis, fourth in pace Sacramento, hence the 224 number. I mean, it is a great DFS-paced game uh, without question. Defensively, Memphis is 14th, so they've crawled into the middle of the pack defensively. Sacramento, not so much. 26th, they have been in the bottom five all year. So it is uh, a good mixture here for some good DFS results. I think this game obviously you know, has to have some type of exposure to it for you to uh, in the winning lineups it's the highest total game of the the evening uh and there's a lot of different ways you can go it is a, an island game for sacramento so that helps them but let's get the fox news if fox is back no restrictions he's 8-1 you can consider that without question if he sits tyrese halliburton 8-7 all you can eat tyrese if uh, fox sits if Fox plays, Halliburton's not out of the question, especially 
if uh, Fox is going to play, you know, the 20, 24 minute uh, amount and not full blown uh, minutes because Halliburton will get all the rest of those minutes at point guard. Harrison Barnes at 7-2 is a logical play. Uh, Shemezi Metu has really stepped up. He's produced in multiple games in a row, and he still remains sub-6K, which is shocking. He's 5-9. Uh, Rashawn Holmes, who's been spotty and injured quite a bit here, he's all the way down to 5-8. And then coming off the bench, you've got a mid-level price 7-3 Buddy Hill, which I'm not as interested in if Fox is back. Uh, just from that usage standpoint. Uh, the reason he played a billion minutes in the last few games and produced mainly was because of, of the usage aspect with Fox and company being out. Um, on the Memphis side, John Moran at 9K, absolutely a, a fine play. I mean, it's the first night of a back-to-back, -back, which scares me a little bit for Memphis because, again, if he missed a few shifts, that's going to really hurt if you're playing that 9K number, but it's against Memphis who doesn't defend and plays fast. So, I mean, it, it fits perfectly into a 50 burger kind of night for Jaw Morant, but I mean, you need 45 just to get to value. So it's not just slam dunk, but he certainly could be an important piece of any lineup that you build. Desmond Bain at 6K, he's been solid all year, uh, gets to his number most of the time, just not as, as shiny of a, a pick here when Morant is back. Dylan Brooks at that 7-1 number, certainly capable of, of consistency. A lot of people like to go to Triple J at 6-7. And then you got the super uh, pay down center option here in Steven Adams, who's had some really good rebounding games of late and is a good option. Uh, with all those guys back, though, I don't I think it eliminates – uh, the bench, I'm not personally going to go to Anderson, Jones, or Melton, or Clark if he does play. Uh, you know, I just don't think that you're going to get enough punch uh, on a seven-game slate uh, from those guys. All right, we've got uh, – we move now to the 7 o'clock games. There's two 7 o'clock and an 8 and a 9. So we're going to have a lot of this action early. No super late game like last night. I don't know what time that game entered. I was groggy. I think it was like 1:30 in the morning, but it was awesome. So today, tonight, it won't be as bad. We'll get uh, we'll get to sleep a little bit more realistic time. So this game is Detroit at San Antonio. San Antonio is favored by 10 and a half. When's the last time the Spurs have been a double-digit favorite? It's a 220 and a half total, which is solid, second highest on the entire board. Implied for Detroit 105. 115 and a half for the San Antonio Spurs. Detroit comes in 5 and 26, not very great. Spurs 13 and 18, they've had their own struggles. Um, Detroit, it's an island game, but then we've got the, the death fear of Coach Pop on the first night of a back to back. And we all know Pop is famous for, you know, playing a guy 15 minutes, sitting a guy, playing a guy, I think he picks out of the stands for 20 minutes. You just never know what he's going to do on back-to-backs. But it's an interesting game. I mean, especially when you read the list here, uh, you may want to go get a second cup of coffee because this list for Detroit is ridiculous. These are Here are the guys that are already ruled out. Cunningham, Grant, Hayes, Jackson, Joseph, 
Lee, Lyles, Magruder, Olenek, and Stewart. It's like their top 10 guys. It's crazy. So that's going to really make this game interesting. You talk about stars and scrubs and being able to pull more value guys here. You're talking guys that normally play eight minutes are going to be, be playing 35 and taking a bunch of shots. So it's awesome. I love it. I mean, it's fantastic to hand build these with the pickets and garzas. I mean, it's crazy that, that these guys are all in play, but it is DFS holiday time 2021, something we've never seen before. For the Spurs, they've remained like untouched. I don't know if Pop has a magic bubble around this team, but they haven't gotten touched hardly at all by COVID. All they have is McDermott probable, and the only guy out is Zach Collins. He hasn't played all year because he had surgery. So they're not, they don't have one guy in COVID protocols. It's just amazing. Um, all right, let's look at the statistical aspect of this game. We've got Detroit 13th in pace. San Antonio is playing faster than normal. They're eighth. So that's a solid numbers on both sides. And you have two subpar defender, defending teams, which is also great. Detroit 23rd, and who knows what they are with this lineup. Uh, 31st out of 30, I think. And the Spurs are 17th. So what do, what do we look at here? Corey Joseph is going to be chalk, triple chalk here, 5.4. He's you know going to be he, Diallo, and Sadiq Bey are going to be three darlings in everybody's lineups. Now, I doubt people are going to have the courage to play all three. I don't think it's a disaster to play all three, though. I'd like to play two of these three guys because I think their usage is going to be just insane. I mean, Corey Joseph's 5'4". Frank Jackson is 4'8". He can get hot. Diallo's 5'6". So those guys are so cheap and they fit so well. And then the guy that's quietly had a great 10 days. I had him twice in the last four days where he smashed both times. He's only 7'5". So I know it's a mid-priced guy. But man, you know, I think you got to come out of here with, with Sadiq Bey and then one of those three guards. Um, I've been very impressed with Diallo of late. He is a little bit more than the other two guys, but easily Frank Jackson or Corey Joseph uh, can have a, a 9X kind of game at these prices. So those are the key guys there. I think they're super in play. Uh, the other guy, if you want to go dead men at center, how about Luke Garza at 3K, dead men? Great buy-down guy. And certainly can be uh, in contention there. After that, you have Josh Jackson at 3-8. And then Deadman Jamorco uh, Pickett. And he's going to get good minutes at 3-K. So uh, wild game here. But I'm definitely going to have some Detroit exposure. On the other side of the ball, you know, if it stays close enough with the Spurs. They are 10 and a half point favorite. If it stays close enough, though, they're going to have some guys uh, really hammered, too. Uh, 115 and a half implied is a lot. Now, DeJounte Murray at 10-4, I mean, I get it, and he could put up 70 fantasy points, but 10-4 is a lot. It's a game that has potential blowout, and it's the first night of a back-to-back. -back. So I'm reluctantly not going to go there. The pop factor definitely makes a difference, and that price uh, makes a difference. I think the, the better play is Derek White at 6'5". You can save almost 4K 
and get a really good performance from him. Keldon Johnson at 5'8", and Yaka Pirtle at 6'4", and even Lonnie Walker off the bench at a super cheap 4-3. All playable commodities. I think they're all going to get minutes, uh, especially with that first night, uh, and they play again tomorrow. All right. Three games left real quickly here. Uh, Join us, dfscoachtalk.com. That's where you want to go to our website. We have a ton of different things you can sign up with as far as memberships go. If you just want to dip your toe in the water, we have a three-day, $10 pass, and it's a great day to do it. If you're listening to this podcast, hit the button. You get all of our NFL today uh, coverage wall-to-wall, and then all of our NBA. uh, You get that for three days for 10 bucks. Lots of games today, tomorrow, and Tuesday. NFL, as we know, has games, all their games today and tomorrow. So uh, it's a it's a great try. If you want to try a more extensive membership, they are also uh, on uh, our website and you can jump right in. So uh, if you're watching this on YouTube right now as well, this would be the time. Hit the thumbs up, please. Hit the subscribe button if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel. And a quick comment or question. That combination of those three things is what helps us move up the algorithm on YouTube. And we'd really appreciate that. We bring you an NBA podcast seven days a week in front of the paywall. And then you get three days a week of NFL podcasts that cover every game that's played in the NFL. So uh, if you can help us out to jump that in YouTube uh, to move up that algorithm, we'd appreciate it. If you're on YouTube, also hit that little bell in the upper corner. Uh, that will give you an alert every time one of our podcasts is, uh, podcasts are premiering. You can jump in there uh, with uh, our NBA or NFL guys. Uh, they'll be answering questions as those podcasts premiere, uh, and then you'll know they're up and can listen to them uh, at your convenience. If you're just an audio listening uh, listener to our podcast, where everywhere podcasts can be heard, we have a uh, drawing for a full one-week membership all access to Coach Talk at the end of each month. So here we are in the last five days of this month. So this would be the time to do it. All you have to do to qualify is a quick five stars, and then uh, you're you're set. Quick five stars, like it, make a comment, whatever you want to do. We're going to go back through and see who's listened and rated, and then we'll uh, do a randomized draw for a full one-week membership. All right, let's dive into these last three games. It's a 7, 8, and 9 o'clock for these last three. Uh, Interesting game on this one. Two teams that are are targetable, but now they're playing each other, so I guess that makes them both a target. Um, The Pelicans versus the Thunder. Uh, OKC, for some reason, is a half-point favorite, which makes no sense. You can't be a half-point favorite because you can't tie in the NBA but one of those quirky Vegas things. So basically it's a pick them 209 and a half total, which isn't great. 104 and a half implied for the Pels, 105 flat uh, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Obviously we have two teams rebuilding here. Pelicans 12 and 21, Thunder are 11 and 20. How about the teenagers, I always call them, of the Thunder? Zero injuries, zero COVID protocol. So don't tell me it doesn't help to be 19, 18, 20 years old. 
because they have been just amazingly healthy through all of this. The Pelicans have some key guys out. Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Luzada, Marshall, the big man Valachunas, and my buddy Cheeseburgers Williamson remains out. So they've got some guys uh, that are going to be sitting that will open up some potential here. I'm not completely crazy about this game. It's an island game for both teams. That helps. But I just don't like the pricing. I think they're overpriced. I don't know if it's because they're playing each other or they drifted up, but it just doesn't make anybody very, uh, you know, important to me to, to roster. You've got a super expensive Brandon Ingram at 9-8. So you're talking to really having to buy up and he's going to get uh, the Dorcher Chamber with Lou Dort. So I do not want to experience that on almost a 10K guy. Devontae Graham's even expensive. He's 6'2". Josh Hart's all the way up to 7K. I guess the best play here uh, is Willie Hernan Gomez. He's 4'9", and he gets it done, but he is splitting time with Jackson Hayes. You could go that other route and go all the way down to Deadman Jackson Hayes at 3K. That's something to consider. You know me, though. I don't like split positionality. I do think Hernan Gomez at 4'9 will get to his number. But just not thrilled at the pricing here. Uh, you know, Herb Jones, who I've gone to quite a bit, is only 4-1. But, uh, you know, not jumping out of my seat for him because there's so much other value available. On the Thunder side, you've got Shea at 8-9, which I think is a better play uh, than his counterpart on the other side in Ingram. So Shea Gilgus alexander at 8-9 is going to get consideration, may make a lineup for me. Lou Dort's 5'7". You know, he's going to be out there a lot uh, with Ingram on the floor. Giddy's all the way up to 7'7", which borders him on a little bit difficult to roster. After that, you've just got a plethora, and I'm not going to waste your time, of guys that they're playing that just are not uh, DFS uh, relevant, in my opinion. So, you know, a one-off here or there in this game, I think may be good. Uh, maybe the pay-up to Shea is the key uh, to that game. All right, last two. Indiana Pacers, Chicago Bulls. This game's at 8 o'clock, by the way. Chicago is seven-point favorite. 217 total, 105 implied for Indiana. 112 for the Chicago Bulls. Indiana comes into this game at 14 and 19. Still talking about making a bunch of uh, trades and sort of blowing up that team. So we'll see what happens there. The Chicago Bulls come in at 19 and 10. It is the first night of a back-to-back -back for Chicago, Island game for Indiana. Two massive, massive important pieces of info for Indiana, Malcolm Brogdon and Demonis Sabonis, both questionable. So you can't really break this game down until we get that news. It is the second to last game at eight o'clock. So there is the potential we won't have that news at lock. We probably won't. So if you want to set yourself up to make some uh, pivots, you know, and you want to try to put Brogdon or Sabonis in there, you will have the opportunity with Levine and DeRozan on the other side if Levine plays. Uh, but you have that second game behind them where you could chase down somebody uh, there uh, as well. So make sure as you're building, if you include any of these questionable guys, which in these last games, Brogdon, Sabonis, and Levine being questionable, uh, you know, that makes a huge difference. So plan accordingly. Um, Karis Levert uh, is looking great. He's in there with uh, 
Justin Holiday and Miles Turner. So you're going to get some good results from those guys. Um, you know, if if those other ones are out, if they're all in, it makes it very difficult to distinguish who's really going to be the jump out play for either squad. You know, the one thing too to consider here is the pace of play. We know that Carlisle plays slow and he has the Pacers all the way down to 23rd. Uh, Chicago is 16th, so even slightly below average, which they started off playing much faster. Defensively, Indiana's 20th. Chicago is in the top 10 at 9th. So this isn't a, a super massive runaway as far as uh, speed goes in the defensive combination. But other than Brogdon and Sabonis being listed questionable for Indiana, you have McConnell and Warren out. Three guys out for Chicago. Caruso, uh, Derek Jones Jr., and Patrick Williams. A um, couple of guys I'd look at here, I think, that are in play. Levert, certainly, even though he's 8'8", if Brogdon sits, he pl pretty much plays the pseudo point guard role, uh, you know, for them. Even though Wanamaker's in there and such, Levert has the, the uh, ball in his hands and really makes things happen. So, you know, that news is going to be super important. If multiple guys are sitting like Sabonis, then you got to consider Turner at 7'8", Justin Holiday at 4'1", and Duarte, Duarte at 5'1". Those would be the guys. Uh, if it is uh, O'Shea Brissett day and he's going to start, GPP-wise, you can look at him at 4K. But they do have guys like Jeremy Lamb back and Torrey Craig, and those guys can grab some minutes. So I'm not racing uh, to this Pacers team by any stretch. Um, on the Chicago side, you know, you've got that dilemma now. You've got Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vukovic all playing. And all that does for me is eliminate all of them. I'm not just not going to play any of them. You got Ball at 8-3, Levine at 10-2, DeRozan 9-6, and Vukovic at 9-5. So they're all overpriced. Yes, any single one of them could be fantastic, but you've got four guys splitting the usage. They're all overpriced because there's been a combination of time where Levine sat for quite a while, DeRozan sat for quite a while, Vuk sat for quite a while. And what that ha what's happened is, their prices have escalated, and it makes it very difficult for them to get to their number. So I am a hard pass tonight. Uh, not that I don't like the Chicago Bulls, and I think they're going to win and play well. I just don't see how you <clears throat> justify spending those kind of dollars and that much salary on guys uh, when they're going to be splitting usage. All right, let's go to the last game. It's a 9 p.m. game, Denver Nuggets, L.A. Clippers. Denver minus four. It's a 211 and a half total. 107.75 implied for Denver. 103.75 for the LA Clippers. Denver has fallen below 500. Sorry about that, Omaha Joe. 15 and 16. They are falling like my Mavericks are. Same thing. Um, the Clippers are 17 and 15. And now they have to do without Paul George again. So that makes this game uh, very interesting. Uh, Aaron Gordon is probable, uh, as is uh, Jamichael Green. We know Bull, Bull, Howard, and Murray are out. So Denver's got pretty much all their bullets in the gun. As far as the Clippers go, not as much. Um, you got Marcus Morris, uh, who has uh, been out. Looks like he is going to play. Then you've got out 
Paul George, Hartenstein, Reggie Jackson, Kawhi Leonard, and Preston. So they have quite an array of guys that are out. It's also the first night of a back-to-back for the Clippers, and that does not help matters uh, for them either. So let's take a look here. Pace of play, bad. Denver 24th. Clippers are 11th, which are decent. But when you take George and company out of there, you know, that shortens that as well. Denver has not defended well at all of recent recency. So it does bring some of the Clippers into play. Uh, they are ranked 21st right now. Clippers in Clippers fashion have consistently played good defense this year. They are fourth in the league. So a couple of things to consider. Again, island game for Denver. You know, do you start your lineup with the Joker? It's hard not to start your lineup with the Joker anymore. He is he has really separated himself from everybody else. I mean, Luke has been out forever. Giannis has been in and out of the lineup. You know, those are two guys that you could think, okay, these guys are going to smash possibly. Really, Giannis is the only, you know, person in the league other than the Joker that if they don't get 50 or 60, you're shocked. But he is 12-1, so you need to get in the mid-60s. The thing with the Joker is he can get that at halftime sometimes. I'm serious. He is just such a ball-dominant guy. And, you know, what I will say, though, is they've had a, a lot of these guys out at different times. So, you know, Morris, Barton, Barton was out for a bit. Aaron Gordon missed just this last game. You know, Jeff Green was out for a bit. Uh, Rivers, they've been playing Najee. Bones Highlands getting mid. So it's not like he's just alone out there uh, like he was a few of the games. So I'm not saying that I'm not going to play the Joker. So double not there. But I I think Joker's probably the highest ceiling on the slate by maybe five, six, maybe eight points. So you've got to consider him. You may want to start your lineup with him. I don't think he's 100% plug and play, though, at 12-1 against the fourth-ranked Clippers defense, even though the Clippers don't have Paul George, which will hurt them a bit defensively. So, you know, am I leaning to the Joker as my anchor for my team? Uh, anchor in a good way, not sinking the team. But uh, it, I am. But I'm not willing to say until I see the rest of this news uh, whether I'm going to do that or not. And that's going to shift the whole build for you. So definitely, you know, follow us. You can follow us on Twitter, by the way. We're at DFS Coach Talk. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. And if you jump in with us, you can follow throughout the afternoon in Discord. Uh, we will be posting information as it comes through. And then I'll give a little bit more complete look at what I'm going to do with the Joker today. Other guys from Detroit or Denver that you can consider, you know, Barton 6'2 and Gordon at 5'6, I think are playable uh, commodities. Bones Highland starting to get more and more interesting at that 3'5 number. They're showing more confidence, and he's a, a really strong points per minute DFS player. So he becomes uh, interesting. As far as uh, on the Clipper side of the ball, obviously, without all that usage from George. Where does it shift to? You know, you've got Eric Bledsoe at 5'8", Terrence Mann at 5'7", Justice Winslow at 3'7", Nick Batum at 4'6", Zubots at 5'2", Kennard at 5'6", Ibaka at 3'4", Amir Coffey at 3'2", 
and even Brandon Boston at 3-3. So I just read off nine guys from this team that should be the rotation, and none of them are expensive. The highest-priced guy of those eight guys is Eric Bledsoe at 5-8. So plucking out the guy or two from the Clippers, they're going to be value here is very key, and that's what you know really we have to focus on because I think this can be a key game you know, if you do go with the Joker and then two of those nine that I said from the Clippers, you know, you've got three people uh, in this late game that could really make a difference uh, in your uh, in your takedown potential. So the question is focusing in on who we want to go for here on the Clippers side. It's the first night of a back to back. So, you know, that takes one notch off the level for like a Serge Ibaka you know, that's, or even an Eric Bledsoe that are more of uh, veterans, you know, it does help guys like Terrence Mann, uh, Brandon Boston. You think they could get an extra shift with the back-to-back coming without George. The other thing you can do though, is if you want to look at it in the fact, like I just stated, you've got nine guys all sort of on equal footing. Is it even worth rostering anybody in DFS? There's certainly risk there because if they spread it out, to all those guys, minutes and usage, uh, nobody's going to get there. So, you know, again, you don't, you're not forced into a corner like it used to be in the NBA before all of this COVID protocol where <clears throat> everybody would sit there and wait for like the two value plays to open up. They'd be like 80% owned and it would get everybody the opportunity to buy up elsewhere. The beauty of what's happening right now is you can go through every team and those two guys that you'd see on the whole entire slate you can get two of them for every team because it's that wide open with all the guys sitting out so it gives you a multitude of ways uh, you can build your lineups all right that is it i know that a lot of folks are watching uh football today hopefully you can pop this on and listen to the podcast and get prepared for this evening slate again it's a sunday night 6 p.m lock which is an hour earlier than normal for every other day, but it, that's been the norm in the NBA on Sundays this season. So you want to catch that, make sure and get those contests reserved and jump in there. If you want to join us, go to DFSCoachTalk.com. Um, even a three-day for $10 or a five-day for $19, uh, we'd love to have you check us out. Appreciate you taking the time to listen in. Uh, we'll certainly be back again tomorrow as now we've got a really good NBA slate throughout the week here with everybody being off Christmas Eve in the NBA and then Christmas Day with only five games. It's really created a good schedule for the rest of this week. So hope that you'll continue to listen, continue to join in, and I'll be jumping in uh, uh, here when this premieres on YouTube uh, in a little bit. So hope to see you there. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in NBA DFS.